Beauty in a Digital Age An International Women's Day podcast brought to you by the Gender Equality Team in the School of Pharmacy and the Faculty of Medicine, Health and Life Sciences Presented by broadcaster Donna Lake. Hello, you are very welcome to Beauty in a Digital Age. This is a podcast being hosted by Queen's University Belfast School of Pharmacy and the Faculty of Medicine, Health and Life Sciences, SWAN Committees, to celebrate International Women's Day 2021. The Athena SWAN Charter is a framework used across the UK and Ireland to transform and support gender equality within higher education and research. And the School of Pharmacy currently holds a Silver Athena SWAN Award. Now that that blurb is over, joining me on the panel are Dr. Hazel Mycroft from the University of Exeter. Her research looks at the psychology of how women view and compare their bodies, in particular how social media hashtags like Thinspiration or Fitspiration have been very damaging and unhealthy to women. Hazel, you're very welcome. Thank you very much for having me. I'm pleased to be here. Great. Um, Our second uh, panellist this evening is Alex Sacco, also known as Fitness Mama. Alex is a fitness professional with an interest in nutrition and how fitness can help with female empowerment. Alex, lovely to have you with us as well. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to this. I do hope I pronounced your name correctly. You did. You did. Great. Great. Um, (laughs) Katrina Doran is also on the panel. She's a very successful beauty writer who knows all there is to know about skincare and beauty tips. A successful makeup artist With experience working on massive TV productions like Game of Thrones, she knows just how transformative makeup can be. You can follow her um, on Instagram at skincare. uh, What's that little thing called? The dash, I would say, Katrina. So skincare Katrina um, and also is a graduate in psychology from Queen's as well. Katrina, you're very, very welcome tonight. Thank you so much. Delighted to be here. Um, Also joining us is Cara Edwards, an undergraduate student in pharmacy and a member of the School of Pharmacy mental health team. Cara, welcome to you as well. We're really hoping you'll be able to convey what it's like for students um, today um, in regards to this topic. Thank you. And last but not least, we have Rebecca Maguire, um, one of Northern Ireland's most prominent beauty influencers, a former Miss Ireland. She is much more than just a pretty face. She holds a master's in pharmacy from QUB. She owns her own aesthetics business. She models, she presents on TV, and she works on the community pharmacy frontline during this pandemic. It is a wonder you've had time to fit us in, Rebecca. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Your input to this discussion is going to be very, very valuable. Thank you. I'm actually just so happy to be asked as a former student. So thank you. Excellent. So um, you may be wondering why we're all gathered here. Um, Basically, we're going to talk about all things beauty and we're going to ask if beauty matters in the grand scheme of things. With technology and social media and a global pandemic, meaning that we're conducting more of our business and personal lives via screens, Let's face it, we are looking at ourselves a lot more than we used to. And on International Women's Day, we thought it would be an idea to examine the concept of beauty nowadays and what it means to women in this digital age. So I'm going to get the ball rolling tonight. And the first question for you all is, what is beauty to you? So Hazel, we'll start with you. Oh, well, I guess to me, beauty comes from within. It's more than skin deep. Um, I think... Um, obviously to do with my research I I look at how images affect women hugely 
um, how aging women, so I run a third year seminar about women and aging, particularly the psychology of aging for women, how we find it incredibly difficult, um, how beauty is usually synonymous with young, thin, um, aesthetically pleasing women. So I like to see beauty in a much more holistic concept and much more than skin deep. Um, you mentioned skin deep there. Katrina seems like the next person to go to. What, what do you think of as beauty, Katrina? Um, well, beauty for me, obviously, as a psychology graduate, um, I, I come from a, you know, there's the art and the science kind of perspective on this. Um, as a child, I grew up drawing cartoon uh, comic book characters, you know, superheroes, Wonder Woman and uh, the X-Men and things like that. So, you know, how I learned to draw and how I saw the human body as a child and as a teenager um, was very symmetrical and it was all to do with symmetry. Um, so, you know, I have a very a specific view of what is beautiful. And to me, what is beautiful is actually symmetry. And once things go out of symmetry, like that's the definition. And I, I do think there's a huge emotional connection to the word beauty and being called mm -hmm. beautiful. And um, I, I try, it, particularly in my job, because a lot of what I actually do is make people look awful. You know, I, like in the film and TV world, I make people look dead. I look, make them look injured or, you know, tired or drugged or things like that. And when you do that, you take your actor and you create asymmetry in the face. You throw everything off, you throw the angles off. And the more asymmetry you can create, the more horrific they'll look. And again, then with beauty, what you're doing is basically almost creating grid lines on the face and creating um, the most symmetrical version of the face, which is seen as the most beautiful and pleasing to the eye. And from a purely biological point of view, it, what is considered beautiful is symmetry. So um, I have that kind of like, I, I try to be disconnected from that word beauty, particularly in my job, because um, what we're trying to do is either make somebody look symmetrical or asymmetrical. And sometimes I kind of think if, if people were a bit more disconnected from the emotional term, beautiful or being beautiful, it actually is a bit more helpful for their mental health. Quite difficult though in a, in a social context to, to separate yourself from the word beauty because we're bombarded with it for like every day, like what's considered beautiful. So I, I get where you're coming from, but I think that's quite difficult in reality. Totally difficult in reality. That that's I definitely come come at it from a very sort of almost strange altered view because, <laughs> because I see it because of my job and also the psychological sort of his, and biological reasoning yeah. as well. It, yeah. is an, it, is an, it is a weird way to look at things, but <laughs> that's the way. It's interesting though. It's interesting. This, this must be something, um, Rebecca, that must ring home with you because as somebody who obviously won Miss Ireland and now, you know, as a, a very prominent influencer online, um, you know, you must be called beautiful all the time. I mean, I'm looking at you now and you do have that, symmetrical face that is classically beautiful you're a gorgeous girl so what do you think of as beauty is it what Katrina and Hazel have been talking about or is there more to it for you well Donna thanks very much uh, <laughs> I must admit a little bit of help since I own an aesthetics uh, <laughs> so um one thing that I always want to put out there is um I would always be very open um, and direct with questions if anyone ever asked me, you know, have you had any work done? Have you had any aesthetics done? And I'm like, you know, yes, I don't want to set an unrealistic um, 
you know, kind of hype or whatever, you know, I don't want to set, you know, what, what, what's, what am I trying to say? Um, unrealistic standards of beauty are so prominent, I suppose, at the minute, especially on social media, you know, a lot of things are filtered, a lot of things are not as they seem. So I would be very honest and open about procedures or anything that I've ever had done. And don't get me wrong, you know, if you have your makeup professionally done and your hair professionally done and you're on a photo shoot, well, of course you're going to look good, you know. Um, but beauty for me really is, I suppose, in the eye of the beholder. Um, what one person may consider as beautiful isn't necessarily what another person will consider as beautiful. And, you know, it's not just across Ireland and the UK concept of beauty across the world is so different in every single country um so it is beauty I think is defined in some way by media standards um you know trends of beauty coming and out you know you see different people you know even over the past couple of years their eyebrows have changed so much or even trends and aesthetics change you know people have kind of steered away from having you know, extreme filler or like very big lips now, you know, it's very much fashion to have smaller, more natural lips um, since I suppose Kylie Jenner dissolved hers. So beauty, I think it changes people's perception of beauty changes. And certainly for me, um, over the course of my career, you had said before, you know, people must say that you're beautiful, Rebecca. There's been very very many times in my career where I've not felt beautiful at all because of the rejection in the industry that I was in so you know I do think beauty is in the eye of the beholder or the casting director whoever makes those decisions so um the main, the main thing for me what I consider beautiful is a confident woman I think if you're a confident woman and you know, you're confident in what you're occur with people thinking that's the most beautiful thing about someone because it radiates from them. Yeah. Um, Alex, I wanted to, to ask you the question because obviously we have concentrated quite a lot on um, Hello? face. Fa- Rebecca, you still there? Sorry, we thought we'd lost you there no. for a little while. Um, Alex, no, I wanted to talk to you because you work within the fitness industry and obviously it extends below your neck whenever you're, you're kind of talking about beauty and, and what the, I suppose you would be concentrating more on what the body looks like as well as the face. <laughs> well, interestingly, um, actually Hazel and I worked together 15 years ago. So I've been in the, in the, in the body beautiful <laughs> for about 20 years. And interestingly, um, I have to say that I echo Rebecca in that I think confidence is the most beautiful thing about a person. And where maybe <laughs> symmetry doesn't happen or, or people aren't. Ooh, are we still there? Yes. Yeah. Um, I think and, and, and for me, um, you know, I've moved away from body beautiful into trying to raise confidence level in, in, in women. And I find that that is for me where the joy of my work is now. Um, and, you know, yeah, confidence is all wrapped up in health. It's wrapped up in, in, in how you feel about yourself. Um, it's wrapped up in the rituals that you um engage in on a daily basis um the people that you spend your time with but yeah I totally echo Rebecca with regards to confidence being the most beautiful thing about a woman 
Yeah, there's um, nothing more beautiful than a, than a woman who's comfortable in her own skin, right? Irrespective yeah, of what it looks absolutely. like. Absolutely. Yeah. It's something that I want to come back to, but I just want to let Cara come in first here, just in this little introductory section. Cara, um, I, I don't think I'm doing anybody else a kind of disservice or tell you know telling anybody this will come as a surprise. But Cara's a lot younger than the rest of us. Cara, <laughs> you know you have have youth on your side. Let's put it that way. What what's your perception of what we've been talking about, and what is beauty to you? We've lost Cara for the moment. Um, we'll move on and hopefully she'll be able to come in and join in um, if it gets unfrozen, her end. Um, there was a few things there that I wanted to talk about um, that have cropped up in that initial discussion, um, which is great because it means we're on the right lines whenever we're talking about this. Hazel, can I come to you? Because um, obviously you're, you're involved in research on this and um, we've talked a little bit about that kind of, you know, I recognise this, I studied psychology, that sim- symmetrical standardized kind of um you know it's it's recognized as the standard for what beauty is has that changed since social media has evolved and since we are looking at screens much more do you think that the the kind of what beauty is has changed in the last 20 or 30 years compared to to previous I i think rebecca picked up on this in the sort of introductory session um, there are some amazing body positive role models out there for women, particularly on Instagram. I follow them. They're great. But we can't deny that the majority of images that are out there are still peddling this kind of unrealistic doctored images of women that are unrealistic, that just feed into that negative feeling that we're not good enough as we are. Images are um, filtered, as Rebecca said, altered. And I think. You know, we've known for the last 20 to 30 years that women struggle with their body image and and what we are supposed to aspire to within society. And that's very different for men. So I've looked at both men and women to do with Instagram. Men, interestingly, seem to be a little bit more resilient to its influence. They are able to look at images realistically and detach themselves from the pressure um, of body beautiful for the man. Women don't seem to be able to do that. Even studies that have been conducted in like 2020 show that exposing 17 to 25 year olds to these images of fitspiration, body beautiful, um, have huge negative effects on how they feel about themselves. So I'm not sure that the image of beauty has changed. We've always been subjected to thinspirational images um, through media. It's just more pervasive now. Because mm-hmm. back when I was growing up, you had to physically go and buy a magazine to see yeah. these images. Now you are literally bombarded with them daily from, from the age of kind of 12, 13 upwards because it's just pervasive on social media. So I'm not sure I'd say, I, I'm not a biological psychologist, I'm a social psychologist. So I, I probably do different things to, to what Katrina looked at in her psychology stuff. Um, but certainly from a social psychology point of view, there is a very dark side to social media that causes me huge concern. But when you look at the biological psychology of it, that reminds me of, you know, when we talk about makeup and it's the red lips and it's the red cheeks mm-hmm. and it's all arousal and sexual arousal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I suppose that the, we can't have this discussion without talking about the accessibility now of people to pornographic images and you know that kind of um the trend for that kind of pumped up you know the lips and the very you know 
high boobs and, and just very overtly sexual image that women were subjected to. And, and that was the kind of, if you want to be, you know, thought of as being beautiful, you have to be like a Kardashian um, yeah. with the contouring and, and just the lips out to here and, and everything up to here and the bum lifted and everything. Yeah. And, you know, there's so many different things that we have to try and um, think about whenever we are putting ourselves together in the morning. Um, and a friend of mine, when I was saying that I was going to be doing this discussion, she said, yes, and we have to put makeup on and do our hair if we want to be thought of as being professional. And do men have to do that? No, that's a half an hour, 45 minutes a day that they can spend either sleeping or working out or spending on their own personal development or their career development. And we yes. lose out um as women and I'm just wondering Jen if you have a kind of do you agree with me on that or do you think that no men have other standards that they are having to live up to you know that equate to the same type of, of, of timing that we would need to spend I'm not I, sure I if I'm think, even making sense anymore <laughs> I think you, you make you make complete sense I would mm-hmm. say that for me personally I'm quite happy maybe it's my it's what I do but I'm quite happy to leave the house no makeup on I I think Maybe I wouldn't have been 20 years ago. I think as I've got older, um, I've, I've managed to redefine my own standards and how I feel. I've been single for seven years. So I've, I'm kind of, I, I've, I've really come into my own. I'm 42 in, in September. I've come into my own and I am absolutely, completely happy not to um, have to meet anybody's standards except my own. If I look in the mirror and I want to put some makeup on, I will. If I look in the mirror and go, actually, girl, you're looking good today. I won't. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like we put a lot of this we put on ourselves. And, I'm, and I totally hear what um, Hazel is saying. But there has to come a point where we can step into a place of confidence where whereby um, we're not we're not blaming it on other people and I and I totally hear what what Hazel is saying because as young girls um you know the influence of social media is huge I have a 23 year old I've gone through massive battles with her with regards to how she feels about social media and she's beautiful she's absolutely absolutely beautiful and naturally stunning girl doesn't need to wear makeup um and but I I feel as a mum of a 23 year old and a mum as a nine uh, of a nine year old it's my job to step into my confidence so that I'm defining my own standards yeah and, and as that's, a single woman yeah that's that's amazing I mean I'm also single I have three children I'm 48 this year um and again would quite happily step out of the house with no makeup on and I think having a role model who's confident in their body and how they look is amazing and it's the best gift we can give our children but you cannot separate them from the rest of society you don't Mm. exist in a kind of bubble they exist in a much bigger social context where beauty is defined online and I think we can give them a toolkit to kind of unpack that bigger social context and not allow it to affect them maybe in quite the same way but you can't extricate them from it and and we know that as we get older as women we become more invisible (laughs) we might become more confident but in the world of work in the world of society we become more invisible I mean I think we've got a question later on on aging so I won't go quite into that now but Mm. there's like a clash between how you feel in yourself as as a sort of confident woman and how you exist in the rest of the world 
because mm-hmm. it's not always the same. I want to bring um, Cara in. Cara, are you able to hear us at the minute? Yeah. Um, yes. I just want to ask you because you're our student representative and, you know, you do have the benefit of youth on your side. Is, is any of this ringing true with you? Like, would, would you be comfortable as a young person kind of leaving the house in the morning to go to a lecture without sticking a, a face full of slap on? Yeah, so I would say that I'm quite different from like all of you know my other friends where I would feel quite confident going out with minimal makeup I probably wouldn't go as far as having no makeup but you know a little bit of concealer to cover over any like you know blemishes or anything and a little bit of mascara just to even like make you feel like you you've woken up um and I know that a lot of my friends wouldn't feel that confident going out like they they just wouldn't mm-hmm. leave the house unless they've got like a full face of foundation and everything on um but I've really kind of realized over lockdown that I do my makeup for me like I would be quite happy sitting around the house and doing makeup just to kind of like give me a boost and you know mm-hmm. make me feel like I'm having a good productive day and it does set your day off it's kind of like mm-hmm. a part of your routine um Katrina you you that must be quite heartening to hear as somebody <laughs> who is interested in makeup and trans you know the transformation and how makeup can increase your kind of self-esteem and self-worth yeah, well, like to be honest, my my ba- my basis is skincare. You know, like if, mm-hmm. if you could get to a point where you have your skincare routine and everything's kind of going well enough that you have to wear a minimal. Like, it, like one of the things that scares the life out of me is when you see, particularly on Instagram, and people there's younger girls and they've got hundreds of thousands of followers and they're literally putting on foundation like it's a moisturizer like this like I seen this video the other day and I was just like is she joking you know or you know (laughs) dripping the concealer like it's terrifying like in my job um like we were saying about men and women and wearing makeup to work I definitely like I don't know whether it's just the film industry but um like most of the time I get up at half three in the morning that's a standard you know get up and go to work time so (laughs) I know, but then, you know, and we, you finish late, you know, you start at maybe, you get up at half three, go, go to work, you've maybe a 45 minute drive to get to set. Mm-hmm. You do all the people get ready, you go to set at eight in the morning and you don't finish to seven at night. Do you think I'm putting on makeup at half three in the morning? Mm-hmm. And I'm makeup. No, I am not. <laughs> not a chance in hell. Now I will put some makeup on when I'm going to set because, you know, that's you for the day. But there's almost like a thing in our industry. If you came into work with a full face of makeup on, everybody would be like, you know, like, are you not? We in the night before. Yeah, you could be yeah, like, like to take it off. There, are, there are people, there are people who, who will come to work in a full face of makeup, lashes, the whole shebang on, and they stand out a mile. And it's nearly the opposite thing in the film industry. We are, we are, we are background, you know, like we are in the background. We are ninjas. Like we, you know, make her makeup our ninja. We all dress in black. No one should look at us. No one should notice us. We just like nip in and out of set. You do your checks and you get out and no one should see you. Um, so yeah, the idea of wearing makeup to work. Yes, I do. When I go, when I go to set, mm-hmm. but it is absolutely minimal. And it's literally uh, so that you kind of look half decent, 
you know, and the one thing as well, like filming with the masks is amazing because yes. you're like <laughs> a bit of something, a bit of brow, mascara, boom, out the door, away you go. It's been brilliant because you don't even have yeah. to put the whole bottom half of your face because nobody sees it. But, and I have braces as well. So, you know, it hides that too, which has been <laughs> brilliant. Um, Rebecca, I wanted to come to you because um, obviously we've been talking there about social media and you know, there is this feeling sometimes that social media is all bad when it comes to people's self-worth. Have, mm. Is there a counter argument to that? Um, you know, and obviously that, you know, the, the, the trolling that you receive whenever you put yourself out there. Um, it's very prominent. How, how have you coped with that? Have you experience of it? Oh, yeah, of course. It's like water off the duck's back now. I really don't care. Um, at the end of the day, I think people always focus a lot more on negative comments that you receive online. You know, so for every negative comment, maybe like, you know, 50, 100 people have sent you a good comment. And women, I think particularly, always look at the negative comments. And they really can take that to heart. And I mean, I have had friends who have been very prominent influencers and who have actually come off Instagram altogether. They made a good salary from it. They made a good wage from it. And they came off it altogether because it was affecting their mental health so much. So you can be targeted online. And to be honest, I'm quite lucky. I haven't been um, too badly. You know, you get the odd weird message, but, you know, there's a block button and that's it end of the day um I only try to put a positive energy on my social media um and in terms of being a beauty influencer the reason that I do that like as you know I'm a pharmacist I'm extremely busy in work the reason I do that is because I enjoy that that's my hobby the reason I because you know I sit there on my lunch break you know for the whole hour and troll through ASOS or caramel in or you know race that is my hobby online shopping is something that I enjoy so when I share things with people um a lot of the time it is just because they also share a similar interest now that's not to say that I don't make money from social media I do and I always am very open and honest with my followers and you do have to be very honest now on social media and you know you have to state clearly if it's an ad or Mm -hmm. affiliate link um and um or else you're you're called out on it but also it's a responsible thing to do but you know I just take it as a bonus if I can make a little bit of extra you know money from my hobby like what I love doing it's just a bonus to me you know it won't stop me sharing any more any less of what I do um and in terms of um you know Instagram and stuff having a bad influence on women yes I agree with you it can do but at the same time you need to take some personal responsibility for yourself and if you are feeling bad when you're going on the Instagram unfollow accounts that make you feel bad about yourself I just don't think that you should just you know view images that make you feel bad why would you want to do that I my best advice for someone who wants to be um you know, on Instagram is if the account doesn't educate you, make you happy, or you know, you have an interest in what that person's doing, unfollow. Um, like the Marie Kondo approach to Instagram followers <laughs> is, you know, if it doesn't spark joy, get rid. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I, you know, I have followed accounts before, and I'm like, this gorgeous. You know, it's unrealistic. There's too much editing. Um, you know, it's it's not something that I'm enjoying anymore. You know, I have a personal responsibility myself 
that I don't want to view something that makes me feel bad? Why would you want to do that? I, I think so that- you touched on this earlier about talking about the body positive movement. And that was something I wanted to ask about because um, just in relation to the question, can you convince yourself you're beautiful if you've got enough self-confidence? You know, even if you're not traditionally, you know, the standard concept of what beautiful is, if you believe in yourself and you believe that what you have inside is enough, can you be beautiful because you are radiating that confidence and spreading that message of positivity? Of course. I, I, yeah. I, yeah. I, um, as part of like my role as Miss Ireland, my, I was Miss Ireland in 2012, so that's nearly 10 years ago now. I have um, judged and worked with the organisation for years now. I have a really good relationship with them and I judge on the panel. So I judge on the panel of Miss Ireland and what I look for is confidence. What I look for is someone who can speak well. Um, of course, you know, which is, this is a different subject. It is still a beauty pageant at the end of the day, but you're looking for someone who will represent the country well. So it's not always necessarily who you may consider to be the most beautiful person there. Um, it's a representative. Um, and to me, what I always look for is someone who has confidence and also someone who can handle the pressure. Um, yeah. Being a woman. Hazel, Hazel have, you, have you found that in your research um, about confidence? And is there an equation between being confident and beautiful? Yeah, absolutely. Like I said earlier, there's nothing more beautiful than a confident woman, irrespective of how that's packaged. But I guess I, whilst I can intellectualise that and say, yes, you can feel great about yourself, if you are constantly bombarded with images that don't look like you, that are held up in society as the epitome of beauty, then it's very difficult to rage against that. Like I said, there are positive body movements, there are positive body images, there are women who aren't a size eight on Instagram that are positive role models for girls, 100%, and I follow those. But I think we've got this real problem that beauty is still synonymously seen as thin, um, you know, and, and as we get older, we find that more difficult to fit into the mold because our bodies change as we get older. Um, so whilst I can intellectualize that, yes, you can be confident and feel beautiful. I think if you're constantly faced with images that aren't that, then it's very difficult to have that confidence. And Rebecca, you, you can kind of see behind the camera, you see what goes on and you're very good at being able to pick out images that potentially have been doctored or changed. When you're talking about young girls that don't have that maturity and that confidence, when they're faced with those kind of images, that's what they think beauty is supposed to be. And when we're younger, all we want to be is like everybody else. Um, well, I've, I've got a daughter myself who's disabled, and I have to work really hard to make her feel beautiful in her own body and be confident in her own body because it doesn't look like everybody else's. So I'm, I'm very conscious that when you're bombarded constantly with this one image of a woman, it, it's difficult to have confidence if you look different. I have a lot, and a lot of experience, like Katrina working on set. Um, I was actually, I, Katrina, was I on Game of Thrones when, when you were working on it before? No. no. No, um, it was fun. Uh, they, <laughs> I, I work a lot on set, like in photo shoots, film, and I have for like 10 years, right? 
literally I will be there from seven o'clock, six o'clock in the morning until the shoot about two. It takes hours to meet people mm-hmm. like they do for magazines and stuff. And I, suppose but I think lot- you're honest about that. That's the difference. You've said you're very yeah. honest about work that you've had done and yeah. pictures that potentially are altered. So, so I don't have a problem with that at all. If you're posting on Instagram and you're honest about a whether you've had help, surgery, fillers, whatever, but the problem comes when that's not talked about and we're presented with an unrealistic image of what we're expected to attain uh, attain to. Sorry, We're going to bring Katrina in here now because she's had her hand up actually oh, wanting to say something. <laughs> yeah, um, I was just wondering, Hazel, like obviously you're talking specifically about social media, but one mm-hmm. of the things that I've kind of noticed um, in the in the pa- probably maybe in about the past five years, m- maybe not so much on social media, but newsreaders, like to me, like I was obsessed with the newsreaders, you know, like Jan Leeming and stuff when I was a kid. I just thought she was, you know, a god, a goddess. To me, like whoever was reading the news was they they clearly knew everything. And like to me, like as much as I'm talking about the biological and how your eyes view and symmetry and da 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 da, there's also a thing to do with intelligence. Like I find the more the more smart or intelligent someone comes across, the more beautiful they come across. And I I'll say this about Rebecca McGuire because I actually just I spotted Rebecca McGuire in a shopping centre. And believe me, she was as symmetrical. Like, cause I can spot symmetry, like, like a fox, like hunting a rabbit. And I literally was like, I couldn't even speak to her. I couldn't even talk to her. She was so beautiful. And I booked her for. I, honestly, do you, you probably remember this, Rebecca? I was just like po- yeah. pointing at her, <laughs> like literally pointing, going, uh, 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 like couldn't couldn't speak. And then I booked her for a shoot. And then the more I spoke to her, and the more she was talking, she was funny, and she was da 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 da. And it was one of those things, it was like, she got more beautiful the more I got to know her. And she was at Queen's and she was studying pharmacy. And I was like, oh my God, this girl, literally, like she's got personality, she's smart. She's, this was before Miss Miss Ireland. And, um, you know, I do think, find intelligence incredibly attractive. And definitely that's a part of beauty. But one of the things I have noticed over the past, past while is now with HD cameras, there was a time where there was suddenly there was all these very young newsreaders coming on and all the older um, newsreaders were starting to disappear. And you were like, what's going on here? And it has reversed. And now, like when you look at the newsreaders now, particularly like BBC News, like you can see the imperfections, like you can see the creases in their eye makeup. Mm-hmm. And stuff. You can see that they have, you know, their skin isn't perfect um, they're in their 50s, whatever, and they're, you know, they're not flawless, they're not perfect, they're not filtered, but they, they're, these are, they're intelligent, smart, you know, confident, like talk, talking about beauty and confidence, like they're presenters, they're on mm-hmm. TV as they, like giving you the news. And I actually think like the more I see older women on, new, on news as, as on news reporters, I'm just like going, this is brilliant because this is like, you know, this is what we look like in real life. It's really? not, and I think that, like, to me, that's way more, but I suppose it, like, obviously, when you're 46, you're, you're looking for people who are your age to mm-hmm. associate yeah, yourself with. Yeah. As a teenager, it's very different. But, like, when we were, like, back in the day and reading Vogue and Elle and all the Glamorous magazines, those people were just hushed away. Like, I don't know if you remember Isabella Rossellini and Liz Hurley mm-hmm. at one stage. Do you remember they just got ditched and it was, like, yeah. you've got wrinkles and we're not allowed to you know photoshop you anymore so you're out 
and it was horrendous and like now like that just wouldn't happen now but but there's so many more older women who look better now than they would have done at the same age 30 years ago and it's maybe because of the rise in procedures that you can get done that aren't full surgery um, but the skincare that you can do and there's products that are available um, and just the knowledge that is out there Mm -hmm. that people look younger now when they're 16 than they did not all of them but a lot of people are able to kind of still maybe pass for you know 40 when you're 55 yeah Um, I know I still think I can pass for 27 20 years old is it like, because they look younger at 60 or they feel they have to look younger? Because we've got this whole thing about kind of going grey and we've, we've had very prominent people on TV who read breakfast news say quite openly that they would not allow themselves to go grey, that they have Botox and that they have to look a particular way in order to be on the TV. So I say, bring it on, bring on, bring on the wrinkles, bring on everything and get it on TV. Absolutely. I'm with you, Katrina. And there is, there is a shift between seeing older women on TV. Sadly, the research doesn't really back that up. We have this whole, um, sort of, again, clash between the sort of George Clooney effect where Silver Fox, grey man, seen as very attractive, very handsome, still, still obtainable and grey-haired women who are not seen in particularly the same way. There, there are stars that are grey that are seen as attractive, but in the kind There's of... one. Way, Helen yeah. Mirren, you know, that's Mirren. kind of the only Mirren. one that you can think of who has but any... We have, you, juxtaposed with the George Clooney effect, you have the Desperate Housewives effect. Mm-hmm. So you have women who are supposedly in their 40s, late 40s, who actually look like they're in their 20s, who have bodies that are unobtainable, who have had so much surgery, they don't look a day over 25. So whilst we've got a realistic image for a man to look up to, we haven't got realistic images of ageing for women to look up to in quite the same way because ageing is seen as something that we shouldn't do, that we should rail against, that we should hide. Um, and it's synonymous with kind of unattractiveness, senility, things going wrong, whereas we should, you know, flip that 100%. Um, I, did want, I did want to ask about that. Yeah. I mean, do any of you plan to grow old disgracefully? I mean, 100%. I definitely have quite a few greys on site here. Um, you know, the eyebrow has definitely had no Botox anywhere near it. You can tell that. Um, the you only know, thing it's, it's, I do dye my hair, so my hair isn't naturally blonde, I have to say. But at 40, nearly 48 in May, there is no Botox, there's no filler, there's there's no nothing. Um, three children. I will quite happily be on the beach in a bikini. I, I do work out quite a lot. I do eat healthily, so I take care of my body. But that's more about my body being good for me when I'm older as opposed to how it looks Um, and I know I'm hosting here but I'm going to bring a little bit of my own personal experience in two years ago almost to the date um I took very ill very very suddenly and ended up in hospital for four months and had uh, 10 surgical procedures and was lucky to come out of it alive um now covered in scars and beauty the kind of the the I think beauty took a back seat for me, really. It was kind of like there are more important things. And it gave me a little bit of what Alex was talking about earlier, which is that kind of confidence to walk around in your own skin. You know, I have bumps where you shouldn't have. I basically have a second set of boobs, which is a hernia. Um, 
you know, I have massive scarring. I, I wouldn't go on the beach in a bikini, but that's my own personal thing. I wouldn't want to scare people. Um, but it gave me more of a confidence to kind of just go, I don't care what anybody else thinks because I'm alive, you know, that Absolutely. way. Um, I'm, I'm a- I, sh- I don't think that you should have to have that drastic an experience to be able to achieve <laughs> that. Do you know what I mean? Cara, um, as a young person, does it frighten you, the thought of getting older? Not at the minute. I mean, that will probably, <laughs> Just too young. It'll probably change in a few years. Um, but I know where you're coming from with um, kind of noticing that other things are like more important because as I said earlier, like with lockdown, I have noticed that I am everything that I do on a daily basis is for me. You know, I've been doing lectures from home, but the fact that I've been getting up and, you know, putting on like a nice top and putting my makeup on and doing my hair, that's all for me. And so I, back in October, um, I actually went through my first breakup and I was actually, you know, thinking, God, I've got to go back to making an effort now you know when when you've been with someone for like six years you you do slip a bit don't you and you kind of like oh I'm comfy don't have to make an effort and I thought how am I ever going to get back out there and you know I'm going to have to start making an effort and you know looking attractive to people but I've actually noticed that since being single I have had so much more confidence in myself and grown so much more as a person because I'm not looking to other people to tell me that you know I'm beautiful or whatever you don't need the validation I mean we're coming to the end of this just in terms of time but is that something that you think we need to find within ourselves that ability to not care um, and not be judged by other people Alex you jump in because you haven't spoken in a while I would love to throw a spanner in the works and say that I've kind of really changed my opinion on the whole growing old gracefully thing in that 10 years ago, I trained as a naturopath. So I was very much, um, I was very much, I was very judgy towards people that had anything done. Um, I was very um, conscious about toxic load. I was very conscious about holistic living. Still am, still am. Um, and then I went through a horrific divorce and separation seven years ago. Um, and I was, it was a very, it was a very abusive marriage in many, in many ways. And I came out of that having had two children and I actually, in the last seven years, I've had a breast uplift nothing in just everything lifted back to where it should be and I would say that's one of the best things I've ever done not for anybody else just for me the way that I look in clothes and it was just really interesting about what you were saying you know when you go through real trauma and everything the most important thing is kind of survival yeah um and kind of the superficial aspect of beauty takes a a back seat completely I found that I've now at nearly 42, I've come into a place where I'm like, do you know what? I feel really good about myself. And if I fancy getting something done, I will. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's, and it's not, it literally isn't for anybody else. 
it's completely for me and I'm not it's it's funny my obviously my my girls know that I had had my my breasts lifted up and I and I kind of said to them well you know what if people are extremely obese and then they lose loads of weight and they get very baggy skin you know it's, it's no different to having the procedure of just having mm-hmm. the skin removed um and I think I I would I would like to think that we could come to a space in 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 this conversation where if people decide to grow old disgracefully or grow old gracefully actually it's nobody else's business as long as we're yeah. honest about it like Hazel said as long as we're honest about it and we can own what we're doing and we're not doing it for any other reason other than we fancy it you know some people like to have gel nails some people don't some people like to wear certain things some people don't at the end of the day it's a style isn't it and as Rebecca said at the beginning you know everybody's perception of beauty is different and it's it has to go it has to go deeper than that I mean I think we all you know we all know that the chemistry you have with someone and I think it was um it was uh, Katrina that said you know the the how intelligently a woman comes across how confidently a woman comes across that 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 chemistry um absolutely blows symmetry out of the water as far as i'm concerned or a six pack or a pair of satin <laughs> boots or whatever else you yeah. know if you, if you bring if you bring that chemistry to the table there is nothing that can top that as far as i'm concerned yeah positively because research has shown that if you have a positive attitude towards aging not only do you cope with it better but you live longer so whatever that positive image is to you just grab hold of it definitely i, I, I feel more beautiful now than i ever have done oh i do 100 percent. i'm, I'm well, much more confident now than i've ever been at nearly 48 yeah i think <laughs> brilliant 40s and single, brilliant. There we go. That's the magic. That's the magic equation, then, isn't it? We all just need to Absolutely. dump our partners and wait until we. Yeah, have, well, I'm in my 40s, so yeah, I should be there. I just need to get rid of my husband. Um, the rest of you need to catch up on the age. I'll just sign a waiver to say I did not say that. I'm going to wrap this up because we're getting close to kind of the time that we were aiming for. As there's so much stuff that we haven't managed to talk about. We need a part two. I have a, I have just a question I wanted to kind of come to you is having listened to what others have been saying in this discussion tonight. Um, kind of what do you what is your main takeaway from from this discussion or what piece of advice would you give to the listeners about beauty and, you know, your personal um, area of expertise? So for Katrina, it'll be skincare. Um, for others, it'll be, um, you know, just the ability to kind of not not be judged by other people so um I'm going to come to Katrina first um I would say just from listening to everybody else the confidence thing like for 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 me and what I what I do on on Instagram and stuff with the whole skincare Katrina thing is I'm trying to educate people so that they are in control of their own of what they put on their face and what they're doing with their skin and you know empowering themselves educating themselves to make smarter choices um but the big thing is, you know, there's there's so much there's so much that you can do with your skincare to do to do with preserving. It's not about, you know, if you want to get Botox, get Botox. If you want to get surgery, get surgery. Own it, you know, own it. And the confidence thing definitely comes through. If you're going to if you want to do it, do it. 
some people will say it's not for you it's not for me but if at some point I think you know what maybe I will get Botox I will it's not for me right now but you know in the future yes so you know that inner confidence of thinking do it do it for you don't do it for anybody else don't try to look like somebody else I always kind of think makeup should make you look like a better version of yourself but not like somebody else um but I still so, think symmetry is the key. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, symmetry. Um, Rebecca, I'm going to come to you on this. Obviously, you were sticking your hand up there. It's like if anybody wants Botox, come to you, obviously, because you're the you're the aesthetics <laughs> business owner. Um, I definitely might have to have a wee consultation about what I can do with this eyebrow to get it to stop actually and round around the end of my nose. Um, but what would you what would you say is your kind of takeaway or your piece of advice for the listeners? First of all, just to add that. My business is based on people wanting to be not necessarily younger, but the best version of themselves. And I'm more than happy to provide that service because the thing that I love most about my job is just making people happy. And sometimes, you know, it can take a little bit of Botox or filler to give women who are already beautiful a little bit more confidence in themselves like sometimes yes it it can make them look better but it's nearly like a placebo effect as well like I think even personally you know I wake up in the morning and be like oh look at the state of you you're rotten and then I put my makeup on and I feel great so see if it makes you feel good but do it who cares what other people think you know just don't don't judge people on what they do to make themselves feel better as long as it's not harming anybody else Brilliant. Alex, do you want to come in? Um, definitely the confidence thing. Um, you know, certain health rituals for me, you know, our movement is medicine. Um, I also teach yoga. I teach uh, meditation. Um, knowing yourself and being connected is power. It's absolutely powerful. Learning um, what rituals, what habitual um, behaviours can you can step into on a daily basis is 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 absolutely key to stepping into confidence. Hanging around the right people, hanging around women that don't gossip, that don't um, put you down. You know, I've got my my friends. We you know we we we're very honest with each other. Um, you know, some of my best friends will tell me when I'm being an idiot, and likewise, I will tell them back, and then we'll kiss and we'll go and have a bottle of wine um and I think I think it's you know it's about it's about owning owning who you are and and really 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 understanding that we've only got one life why why would we why would we try and impress other people why why would we not just learn to be ourselves fully unapologetically and just enjoy the process here's all yeah, I'll echo that 100%. I think embrace who you are. There is only one of you in the whole world, and that's pretty incredible as a woman. Be realistic, though, about images that you're seeing. Just love yourself. Your body's incredible. It does incredible things every day, and just embrace it and be happy with it. Before I come to Cara, I'm just going to ask um, uh, Alex, Katrina, and Rebecca to give your Instagram handles for anybody listening who wants to follow or check you out on socials. My Alex I'm, first. Sorry, I'm, Alex first. I'm Fitness Mama, so it's um, all one word: Fitness Mama M A M A U K on Instagram and Fitness Mama two words on Facebook. Excellent, Katrina. I've remembered it's an underscore. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I'm skincare underscore Katrina on Instagram and Twitter, but mostly Instagrams where all the good stuff is at. And that's Katrina with a K for everybody listening. And Rebecca, so you don't, I don't need have... any more followers, do you? <laughs> <laughs> um, I I don't actually have Twitter because I think that Twitter is mean. So I deleted my Twitter. I was verified on it, but that's a different story. Um, talking about following accounts and being in positive patients, but that's different. My Instagram handle is at Rebecca McGuire. It's very easy. <laughs> Excellent. And Cara, I left you to the last, um, not because I wanted to leave you out, but um, I know that you're on the mental health team um, within Queen's. And I just wondered, have you got any advice for anybody listening who is struggling with the concept of how they look and how that makes them feel going about their lives from day to day? Um, can you share any information about those with us? Um, so I know that there are a, a good few kind of charities out there, whether they're like Northern Ireland based or UK or some of them, you know, are worldwide um, to help with things like body dysmorphia you know there's a really good charity I'm trying to think what the... sorry I put you on the spot haven't I I know that we will be putting <laughs> up some information about this in the um text accompanying the podcast as well so we'll we will link to those um yeah. but yes it, it, it is important to know that if you are out there and you're if you're struggling with any of this um feelings of self-worth or a lack in confidence and um, it is making you feel that you can't go you know about your life or on with your life there is help out there um, I know in Northern Ireland um, you know if you're considering anything very serious then the lifeline number um, is the one to call 24-7 and it will be linked from this podcast as well um, thank you to everybody for taking part in this um, and um, I just want to say it's been an absolute fantastic as I say I could have, I could have talked for hours um, there's loads of questions that we didn't get to maybe we shall do them next year um, but thank you so much for taking the time you're all experts in your field and we really appreciate you doing this and have a very happy um, International Women's Day um, you're a great bunch of lads I think that's the best way to, to end this um, and hopefully People will follow um, those of you who have accounts online. And um, I'm just going to say uh, from myself, uh, Donna Legg, thank you so much for joining us. Um, and we really hope this podcast has been of use. For more in this series, subscribe to Queen's University Belfast's Shaping a Better World podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts.